The Firebirds Fan Zone podcast is brought to you by Kyle Garman Realtor. Whether you're buying or selling, whether for your forever home or that quiet desert vacation getaway, Kyle Garman and the team at Keller Williams have the experience and skill to make the process simple and convenient. Check them out today at kylegarman.kw.com. Our podcast is also brought to you by DesertDefenseLawyers.com, DUI and criminal defense throughout the Coachella Valley. The criminal justice system is scary and confusing, but relief is just a click away at DesertDefenseLawyers.com, where we've been keeping folks out of the penalty box since 2008. The Coachella Valley Firebirds are bringing the Valley closer together, and the Firebirds Fan Zone podcast is your weekly dose of everything Firebirds. If you have suggestions for guests or questions you'd like answered or anything you want to add, be sure to leave them in the comments. If you like what you hear, please remember to hit that like button for this episode and be sure to subscribe. So if you're ready, here we go. Let's get into it. Three, two, one. Firebirds goal! His 13th goal of the playoff. The captain, number 17, Max. McCormick assisted by number 19, Cameron Hughes. Welcome to the Firebirds Fan Zone with your hosts, David and Kyle. Wow, that's pretty good. That's strong. And we are already rolling. We've well, we'll get started. right into it. So, yeah. So, Kyle, um, welcome to the show, to Thank the you. Firebirds Fan Zone, <laughs> Fan Zone with David and Kyle. And our special guest today is Kyle. is Kyle Sarah. So this works out really Good well. Good to know another Kyle. Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of <laughs> hilarious. I've, I've been running into more of those. So um, first of all, thanks a lot again for being here. Thanks so for having me. Take a minute. Um, you know, the whole purpose of our show, and we had a great conversation with Jason, but it, it's really to just do a deeper dive as to what you guys do. Um, and well, let's get into it. What do you do for the Firebirds? So I am the video production manager. It's a fancy way of saying the videographer. Mm-hmm. I got hired back in December, and my primary job is to capture video content for the Firebirds. So right. if you've ever been to any NHL game or any hockey game in particular, you see all those like cool action shots up on the video board of like, you know, the uh, slow motion goals or like yep. a big hit against the board or like, you know, the celebrations or sellies as, as we like to call it. I'm the one who captures those shots. I'm always on the ice level, sometimes in the stands. Or sometimes I get access to like, you know, the roof, uh-huh. uh, the scaffolding uh, up above the the rink so I can like shoot down and get, you know, action shots, you know, you know things like that. Awesome. So um, that's my primary job is to capture those images. Are you the only one? I'm the only one who captures those kinds of uh, video clips, uh, but I'm not the only one who produces video content for the fire. I'll say because I mean, hockey is a fast moving. Oh yeah, all over the. You can't possibly be in all of those places at the same time. No. Uh, How do, and, and the stuff that I've seen on the board is pretty magnificent. Yeah, so, awesome. Thank are you. you just at the right place at the right time all the time? Unfortunately, or what? that's uh, that's how it goes in hockey or any fast-paced sport. you got to be at the right place at the right time. And also, I like variety, so I'm not always in one place just capturing everything that I can. Once I capture a goal in one place, I go to you know the next section okay. and capture another goal from another angle. If I happen to miss a goal when I'm running in between places, unfortunately, there's nothing I can do about that. And then... You know, all, obviously, all the all the goals are going to be captured by the broadcast cameras. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll just pull the footage from there, 
But most of the time when we're using my footage, it's like more in depth. It's like more. Do you have a circuit that you work during a game? Because I notice you're at 106, like always the (laughs) first part of the third period. We always see you there. There you are. That's and that's. You know why? Because you guys have one of the best seats in the house. Ah, Yeah, we do. We do. do. Yeah, we do. Uh, My usual circuit is uh, for me. The most exciting part of a hockey video is the goals. So I like to <laughs> yeah. see a lot of those. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we're in a good spot. So that's why uh, you'll see me during the first and third periods. You'll see me on the side of the rink where the Firebirds shoot twice because mm-hmm. I want to be on the side where the opponent's goaltender is. Right. Yeah. And that's where the goals happen. Yep. If I happen to be on the other side of the rink where our goaltender is, that's where I'll get the saves. Okay. But uh, you'll see, you know, if you were to take a look at my footage, 80% of the um, footage that I get are all goals, whereas the others are like hits, saves, and, every, and everything else. So what were you doing leading up? To, was this something that you've always done? What was your background going into this? You said you got hired in December. What mm-hmm. were you doing before then? Yeah, what, what, what was November like for you? <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> what you go. Doing then? Yeah, like, what? Let, me, let me tell you. Um, so just a quick background. Yeah. I've been doing video content for about 20 years. Holy cow. Um, I grew up with my parents just following me around with a video camera. And then that kind of, you know, kind of piqued my interest. Uh, Back in high school, I took uh, video production classes. I kind of turned that into a freelance business because I started filming all of the sports teams from my high school. Then they hired me to make their um, end of the year banquet video, like a highlight reel of all the clips. They that hired taken. you to do that. They hired me to do That's that. Awesome. And, and so the basketball coach was like, Hey, I want you to do our video at the football coach. Hey, could you do ours as well? So I kind of did that freelancing for about 20 years. I also huh. parlayed that into if someone wanted a video for a radio show they were doing, I started doing weddings. I started doing bar mitzvahs. And so that's where my video background comes from. And then uh, started getting into motion graphics when I when I went to college at Cal State Northridge. I started uh, I started doing that. Um, and then I also back in 2015, I decided, hey, I wanted to do a little bit of hockey public address announcing. I just you got, you got the voice for it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just happened at uh, my uh, coworker at the time uh, just happened to, to be the equipment manager for Long Beach State University's hockey team, okay. and they just happened to be looking for a public address announcer. So that's where I got my start, and then from there on out, I uh, sort of. Uh, became the backup announcer to other local colleges, UCLA, Cal State Northridge. I also did a little bit what of regional sports? baseball. Uh, mostly hockey. I also did regional baseball. Um, I also did uh, women's basketball, did uh, football at my at one of my colleges, uh, Los Angeles Valley College. So it's kind of back bouncing back and forth between, you know, backup announcer and, you know, um, uh, regular announcer. And then when I hear that the, there's – possibly going to be a new hockey team in California. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can get on the ground floor of this hockey team. So I looked on the website and didn't find any job postings for public address announcer. And I thought, well, they're going to need one at some point. So what I did was I sort of like blind emailed uh, the staff saying, Hey, I'm a public address announcer, but I also do video. But hey, if you'd like a public address announcer, you know, I'm so local, you, I'm available. So you were trying to get in as the PA. That was my original pull was I wanted really? to be the PA, the PA announcer. But then you became. So, and unbeknownst to me, at the same time, 
my buddy Jason was yeah. also submitting to the public address <laughs> yeah. announcer. And he wasn't telling you about it either, yeah. was he? No. no. Well, yeah. the way we found out, he and I were helping a, a mutual friend move. And we got to, he and I got to talking about hockey and that's how I found out he submitted as well. How funny. And the buddy who we were moving was just kind of quipped, you know, it does, you know, it, let the better man win. Maybe if whoever gets hired first, maybe they'll <laughs> help you, you know, uh, uh, get hired as well. So months later, and, and I hadn't, hadn't heard anything for months. I finally get a call from the Firebird saying, uh, are you still interested in the videographer position? Now, knowing that the public address announcer isn't a full-time position, mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of knew that going in, but I still wanted to try. They offered me the videographer position, which is a full-time position. I oh, was that's like, awesome. Sure, thank you. Yeah. So then once they hired me on as the videographer and I heard that the game director hadn't hired a public address announcer yet, I started campaigning hard for Jason <laughs> wow. to hit it because See, dude, that's you so cool. The promise. That's so cool. Kind of flip-flop the promise that uh, our our, uh, our buddy kind of quipped. But uh, I'm actually uh, really glad that Jason got hired on as the public address announcer because, one, he has that grit in his voice that he I does. can't really we, do. Yeah. yeah, we had him. He, he did a little thing for us. Did here. He? Yeah, it was, sure so he it was so good. so good, yeah. The way he says firebirds. Yeah, is, I, I can't really do that. So I'm, so I'm glad strong. he did. But the other thing is that his hockey knowledge is so vast. We saw that outplay his mind so much. So not only does he contribute his voice to the Firebirds, but he contributes his his knowledge. He's quick to recognize a penalty. He's quick to recognize who has the goal, who has both assists. Yeah. Much better than I. So you feel like everybody landed where they were supposed to land. Absolutely. And and how long you guys been friends? Uh, we just passed 10 years. Wow. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, he and I met through the game show circuit. We're huge game show and trivia nerds. He's actually been on game shows. Hold on. No, wait. Oh, here we go. We didn't, talk, we didn't talk about this. What is the game show go. circuit? What Let's does that even go. mean? Oh, boy. Okay. So there's, this would be a whole other, um, episode we could talk about this but uh we got time yeah we got we, well, do we? Oh, we got time yeah, this is what you want this episode to be well as we long as it takes. we went we, yeah. went we had a good session yeah, last time but this is why yeah. we do the the firebirds fan zone is to get in yeah. and 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 get these insights because <laughs> we want to know okay so um at the same time i was working at my previous job which was universal studios hollywood it was just to pay the bills and i was doing my videography I had been a huge game show fan again since I was a kid. I'm so a huge much. game show fan, by the really? way. Really? Oh yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, no, but no, I'm no, telling you right now, Please. my inner child. Cause I grew up in the '80s. Okay. Uh, I my my bucket list thing would to be I would love to be a game show host. Really? I've always wanted to you be. You definitely have that presence. I want to be. I always thought that would be a fun job. Do you ever audition for one? I haven't yet. I but did. being but being out here, I thought this would be a great. You yeah, know, you're, but you're in the town. I took the I'm test telling. for. A show called Win Ben Stein's Money. I know that show. That's and it was a favorite. It was a 20 question test. Oh, and wow. I'm not a dumb guy. <laughs> I got this many right. Oh, out wow. of 20, I got three right. Wow. And I was not on the show. They okay. did say yeah. that Win Ben Stein's Money was, quote, the hardest $5,000 to win on TV. Yeah, exactly. And they, they during the whole one. thing, they're like, it's harder than Jeopardy. It's going to be harder than Jeopardy. And. I would That's, do like a dating yeah. type, you know, show. I think that would be, you know, for me, you know, they, want, you want to host it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd want it like, you know, they used to do like back the in the dating day, game. the yeah. dating game or something like that. Game. The newlywed game, something fun like that. I, I think, you know, that. any of that, that could that'd be so that. much fun. So but now anyway, you're, well, what awesome. is, so what is the circuit? So uh, the circuit is uh, being a game show fan since I was a kid. 
Um, I never really met anyone who kind of spoke the lingo that I did or like knew the history of game shows like I did. When I was working on this um, this TV show for Marie Osmond back in 2013, I uh, happened to go to uh, this local bar that my coworkers were going to. They were like, hey, come come down for trivia night. And I was like, okay. And I'm expecting this is like pen and paper kind of trivia night. Mm-hmm. But no, these guys put on like full game show like recreations. Really? They oh, had wow. custom made buzzers. They had graphics on the screen that actually looked like the graphics you would see. What bar was this? Uh, this was called Liquid Zoo in Van Nuys. This Liquid was just Zoo. a. All right. Uh, it, it goes further than that. Technically, they're actually not there anymore. Um, uh, they were canceled. The, <laughs> they went on to bigger <laughs> yeah. and better things. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, that's how the story goes. Yeah. But um, it was just so authentic and it was so, like, you know, on point. I was like, wow, this is like the next level of bar trivia. Yeah. It's not just trivia questions. It's you're, you're, on, the show. you're on the show. You're yeah. like, you are the contestant. That's awesome. So I decided, hey, what does it take to, you know, join this club? And they accepted me as a new member. So from there what on, we, how, there's what, membership. What did it take? To <laughs> get in? Wow. I just, uh, I, uh, every Thursday I went there and, you know, participated and just, Got to talking to the guys. Uh, their game show knowledge out uh, out trumps mine. What is game show knowledge? Give give us an example. So if you've watched game shows, you know it's just watching game shows and like um, knowing who won what. Oh and wow! Watching uh, like those game show blooper uh, yep. blooper shows that they used to put mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And apparently, and I and I learned this from them. There's actually a game show congress that used to go on every year, which is kind of like San Diego Comic Con, <laughs> but it's for game show, a celebration of game show and game shows and trivia. Well, it was a big deal, especially in the '80s. You know, there was a exactly. lot of that going on, and there was. I mean, a lot well, of what else is it when you stay home stuff. sick from school? That's right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you would see the likes of um, God, who they have. They had like Tom Kennedy. Uh, not Bill Cullen because he already or he already passed. Uh, there was a Bob Barker was there a couple of times. Peter yeah. Marshall. They brought on a bunch of like special guests, like actual game show hosts, That's game amazing. show producers, and uh, game show winners. Like in recent years, they uh, Ken Jennings would show up. Okay, um, yeah, that sort of that sort of kind of uh, kind of evolved into another another um, con that I'll get into in a second. But um, so I joined that group and. Any kind of gig that they had, either at these cons or at other bars that they were they were at, I would be the announcer, or I would host a game or two, or I oh, would fun. start writing for them. Dude. And I've been with that group for ten years, and a member of that group at the time was Jason Hernandez. So that's that's, that's how so, I met. That's we got the met. backstory. That's <laughs> we got, so that's there's how a, you guys met. There's a lot more to that, which again well, would would take a while, but that's how he and I met. He and I shared a a mutual uh, game show connection. He ne- he never got into that with us, by the way. He never yeah, shared. He never shared never that. that oh, here's what man. he did. But he didn't share. really talk about you at all. No, <laughs> the, what was interesting though, and this is why I love that we the the whole premise of doing the show was to have this type of backstories, mm-hmm. but also we he was a professional swing dancer. Yeah. Did you know that? And he told me that early on, and you look at the guy and you look at his background, you would never guess never it. guessed it. Yeah, yeah, that was the coolest thing. So like, this is just we're we're peeling <laughs> yeah, the onion back, man. Serious, so cool. And I'd never even seen him swing dance, so he hasn't even shown me like any kind of videos. So I'd like to see that. I would stuff. too. Maybe, I would maybe too. Maybe it's, a, 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 it's just a story. So um, back to you being at the arena. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I want to fast forward no, no. a little bit if we're good with that. Um, 
I had a, you know, I was thinking about it today. You know, we know each other through the last season. Mm -hmm. You know, we, you would come to our section and then we kind of met and we talked. And I think we really introduced ourselves on the ice when we got the opportunity to write our names on the ice. And then it was finally like, hey, I'm Kyle. Hey, I'm Kyle. And it was one of those (laughs) cool because we saw each other a lot. And uh, like Dave said, you're in our section and, you know, we, we see similar faces. But, um, my my thought about it, you know, with what you were doing, because you're a hockey fan. Oh, yeah. You're like, a real hockey, huge fan. hockey fan. Right. I grew up in Irvine, so it was all Anaheim Ducks. All Ducks. For me. A duck guy. Yeah. And, and so I always thought, how do you separate? Um, I know you're a professional, too, so I know that. <laughs> but, I mean, you're a fan. So how do we go from, you know, you, there you are. You're trying to capture the moment. How do you how do you capture the moment? be in the moment, you're a fan, you're professional, you're trying to capture all this stuff. Like, how do you separate and and do all of that? I mean, that's got to be hard. It is hard. And being this, my, my first, like, real full-time professional sports job doing videography, uh, you kind of have to uh, step back a little bit, especially when all my life I'm sitting in the stands and I'm watching hockey when a, when a, puck goes in the goal i'm flipping out i'm like raising my hands and i'm shouting i'm like yeah but when you're trying to be a a professional and you know film something you kind of have to um uh kind of bottle that up Mm. for lack of a better term kind of keep that inside because one for practical reasons when you're filming something and you don't want to shake the camera yeah. when a goal goes off you don't you don't want to go like yeah and all of a sudden you have this yeah. hugely sh- yeah. shaky footage so uh it's it's really hard to just kind of you know take a step back be in the try and enjoy the moment as much as you can mm-hmm. but also you're there to capture the moment and one thing that does help is sometimes i shoot um these goals at 120 frames per second, which is slow motion. Okay. So that helps with a little bit of the shakiness because as you're trying to contain that sure. uh, excitement, I, I kind of shake the camera a little bit, but because it's shooting at such a slow frame rate, uh, you don't really notice it when, when you're watching it. Unless you well, I've seen your, footage. I've seen your face. And I've seen your body language during critical moments <laughs> yeah, in man. the game. Yeah, so we, we're watching you. You, you think might, you're watching oh us. Gosh. We're watching you. You might think you're hiding it, but <laughs> the only thing missing is the raising of the hands in the air. See, here's the thing. Yeah. I'm not, I am hiding my excitement, but I'm definitely not hiding my nervousness or my anxiety yeah. because I'm right there with y'all. When we're in a crucial moment and a goal needs to go in for us, mm-hmm. I'm right there sweating, nervous, just going, oh, please go in. Oh, please go in. Oh, please go in. <laughs> I think one of the moments that I remember also the most when I saw some of your personality come out because you're, you're pretty much locked in. And, and I talked to Jason about this, you know, in our last episode about being locked in the moment because he's a big hockey fan. Oh, yeah. And it's hard to, you know, you got to be in the moment. You got to be professional. And yet, you know, you're there. I think one of the coolest memories that I have of you when I'm like, oh, there's Kyle's personality <laughs> when we were at the airport. Okay. We're at the airport, you know, we're, we're out supporting the guys and I loved it. You come driving through and you're screaming out the yeah. window. Let's get loud, get fired up. Let's bring it. <laughs> yes. The boys were flying back and I was like, dude, that guy. Okay. There it is. He's not, yeah. you know, it, it showed a piece of your personality. And I went, <laughs> that guy's awesome. And then you're already awesome, but it really showed like, oh no, cause you got fired up. Oh yeah. You were fired up and it was really cool to see. And I'm like, okay, he's in. This well, see, there's in. a reason behind that because at that time that was after game five of the finals and we were down three games to two. Yeah, man. And I had been in Hershey, 
uh, for the last three games, and I heard how loud they can get. Like, this is yeah. obviously a storied franchise. Hershey is, and uh, there's already an established fan base. Yep. So, and they love their hockey. Like, that is a hockey town, mm-hmm. not as big as you know hockey town is in Detroit. Obviously, because right. they're more famous hockey town, but they were loud, and so I felt. Because I had already had that established connection with the fans, especially the two of y'all, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, if they can be that loud and I know that our boys feed off of the fans' energy. Yeah. So I needed to send the message that we need to be louder. So that's why you, I was out, out on the Facebook circuit saying we need to be louder. You, did, yeah, you, you, you were beating that drum, and that was at awesome. That, at and that following why, game, you came down our stairs between yeah. – between, uh, between periods and you were serious dude. you're like hey we got to get loud we yeah, got to get yeah. it done and you like i'm like jeez I, I guess i better <laughs> and you were maybe i wasn't loud enough i happened? lost my voice well, already was, but. okay so let's lead into that now you know we asked jason a bit but you know what was your take on because you're around the guys a lot right not as much as you think but oh, okay obviously more than the fans so i mean there we are you know we're trying to do our part and we kind of did we we felt that and we heard some of the interviews you know even you know like we heard joey you know he was at the airport he had talked about the fanhood he's going to miss that they were on the road you know all those things so we knew we had an influence mm-hmm. how much of an influence do you think we really had you know it, during regular season obviously playoffs we we took it up a notch i didn't think we could but we really did how much of an influence you know the fans had on what was going on Every single um, press conference or media scrums, as we as we call them, that I would go to towards the end of the season and all throughout playoffs, there was not one person that didn't say something about the fans and yeah. how like how much of an impact y'all have on the Firebirds. Like, awesome. obviously. They have that passion within them. They have that passion to win. They have that passion to go out there and do well. But me personally, being a fan all these years, I really think that uh, uh, any kind of sports players, they feed off the fans' energy. You know, take an example from the Seattle Seahawks, Mm -hmm. their stadium up there. I forgot what it's called now. Well, it's Lumen Field now, but it was like CenturyLink when we had the the Beast Quake. Exactly. I was there. I was at that game. That's what I mean. Yeah. their fan base is so loud, Thank and you. I guess that stadium is like designed so much to where it amplifies okay, all now, the cheering. Can, hold on, can I? Okay, sure. Being the Seahawks fan, yes, and I grew up in it, and so I remember when they built that. And by the way, little fun fact: when they when they imploded the Kingdom, they actually recycled that concrete to help rebuild the new stadium. Really? So it's still it still lives. And when they built that, a lot of people thought. The uh, um, the architect uh, went in with that in mind. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was an accident. Really? So there was no, oh, if we there build it. There was no intention of no, building it No, it, it, it just happened to evolve like that and just the way it was designed. But it's an open-air stadium. Right. The Kingdom back then was pretty loud, but it wasn't like what we've got now. It just, and people thought, oh, they designed it to be that way. But Gotcha. But the fans, at that point, we weren't quite the loudest fans yet in the in the entire uh, country. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, and that's a cool, that's one of my favorite sports moments because I was sitting there with my best friend. Um, we were seven and nine. We had no business being in the playoffs. We were hosting <laughs> the New Orleans Saints. Who that? Right. And I know that's right. You're saying. And so that's happening. I'm seven rows back in the end zone and I'm watching Marshawn literally like take these guys and move them like they're little kids. And he's coming at us and you can feel the whole place start shaking. 
and there was then, actually a reading on the Richter so scale exactly right yeah and husky uh, it down right down the street there you got u-dub and it registered on the richter scale as an earthquake and that's why if you look at it they dub it the beast quake mm-hmm. and that's where he really solidified his name beast mode mm-hmm. because that's where it happened but that's incredible but the design was not intended for us to be the loudest it just right. we are because of the passion and that's where you know a lot of what i do you know when right. i'm there and i'm glad i ran into this guy because he has the same kind of 12 man passion let's, like let's go let's make Acrisure set off caltech and see what happens <laughs> well it, okay so during right? the playoff games i guess somebody said that it actually shook i'd believe that it actually i shook. really did yeah I, I wouldn't i wouldn't have noticed i think no but my, I, my head was completely i didn't notice else. when it happened the in seattle time. but but I mean, you know, when somebody told us that, it was like, oh, that's awesome. But um, because See, that makes me a firm believer in the fans have a huge yes, impact they on any team. Yeah. Like they'll have an impact themselves, even if there were no fans in the arena or the stadium. But adding fans in and the energy level that they bring, it amps it, amps it up even more. So the players were feeding off that. Obviously, Absolutely. they were digging it. They Absolutely. were loving it. Like every night, I would hear either one or two players say man, the fans here are great. They're, awesome. they're out there. They're cheering. And uh, a lot of times I heard the coach saying, like, our fans are great. We love playing for like, them. Th- that's, uh, you talked about press conferences and things, but mm. you're on the plane with them. You're, you're backstage. <laughs> like, if you can, what what was that plane ride back from Hershey, for example? What, what, what were they talking about? What was the vibe? What, what was happening? Well, I'll tell you, the plane ride back from Hershey was drastically different than the one to Hershey. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Um, just, you know, being around the guys, first of all, heading to Hershey, you, uh, as you might think, being up two games to nothing, yeah. they're, they're vibing, they're, you know, they're loose, they're, you know, they're laughing. Um, but the plane right back, it was, you know, a little solemn, obviously, now being down three games to two. But it was, uh, from what I saw, it was still lively. People were still going about their business, you know, you know, playing games, chatting, um, I, uh, I honestly didn't really hear anything like distinctively Ooh. what any, what anyone was saying, but as far as the mood, you know, obviously there is that sense of, you know, you know, being down, but not out. Definitely, definitely not out. Wow. Well, they had to know they were coming home to family and we weren't exactly, you know, we we're going to let them down. Did they know we were going to be at the airport when they got back? Great question, Dave. Um, I honestly don't know. Like, did you know, were you, I figured Word got out somehow. If it did, I don't know who spread the word, but flight aware. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's we, we yeah. just logged on to flight aware yeah. and looked for the and see most obvious uh, one. There's the dedication yeah. from yeah. the fans, yeah. like you know, not just you know seeking out someone on the inside, but just tracking tracking the flights, you know, on your own. That just shows how much how uh, dedicated y'all are to to the sports team. Well, it's, it's easy to do, I think, especially as. Um, you know, we talked about the last episode, but the heart of the team, as we watched them, you know, we were down some games and then they would fight back and win those games. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going through the season, you know, really impressed, especially leading up to the playoffs where, you know, we had to win some really crucial games to stay in the hunt for the first place. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously we missed it by one game, you know, that first place spot. Okay. And, you know, whatever. By we, one we, point. By one, I know it was ridiculous. So. <laughs> So, but we get into the playoffs and I felt like, 
I knew we were going to go deep, but I, you know, the heart of the team was there was no, there was Ben, but no break. It was, we're going to, we're going to do what we have to do to win. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about the Calgary game, you know, the triple overtime, basically playing till midnight. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a big one for me. I think next to the beast quake uh, game, honestly, that that triple overtime game to me was one of my favorite sports memories because of just the dedication to fight exactly you know all the stuff that had happened and they did they won the games prior we had do or die games prior to that that. fourth do or die game i think (sighs) yeah i mean you want to talk about stress (laughs) hold on my my, my heart is going back up again (laughs) to relive this stuff my palms get sweaty y'all are true fans we are though well i mean yeah we here we are we dave did you ever you didn't miss a game I had to miss a couple, um, but I watched them on TV. Where yeah, you were, yeah, you were I there. travel a little bit for work sometimes. That's right. So, That's right. you know, my yeah. my uh, hotel room neighbors would hear me yelling and screaming on my laptop <laughs> watching AHL Network, watching the games. Um, I, I want to know. So let's get back to full, this is full time, right? Yes. But the season is only the season. What does the team videographer do when Ooh. the guys aren't? Skating and a shooting and a playing. Prepare for next season. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta load the film in. Like, what? like what is? No, they don't um, do that. Yeah. It's digital know, now, exactly. man. There's you gotta, no you gotta film put the to load SD card in. in. Yeah. Like, what's the? What does prepare uh, so mean? So obviously, it's a lot less filming. It's more planning and um, taking what we learned from the previous season and parlaying that into what works, what doesn't work, and how can we do better. What are you gonna do different this season? Um, you're definitely going to see a lot more video elements. Um, you know, a lot of what you saw on the video board last year, there was a lot of, you know, graphics, obviously you'll still, you'll still see graphics, but, um, we're trying to, you know, kind of amp it up, uh, to, uh, an NHL ish level. You know, we're trying to, you know, be the best AHL team that we can, even though, even though we're a minor league team, we still want to be the caliber of an NHL team. Well, there's that feeling that production's there. And that's what and that's what it's we're there. going for, and that's yeah. great that you it's know, there. Y'all kind of picked that up, and it and it, and it uh, we talked about it, but it, it just kept getting better as the season progressed. It, did. You it really definitely yeah. tell once I think once you guys figured out also like we did that oh sh- something's going on here. Yeah. yeah, you could see that as the as the caliber of play was going up, the caliber of production was going right had, along yeah, with we it. We had to keep right up with the level yeah. of uh, of of um, of the. Uh, of the players and also keep up with your energy. Mm. You know, not only were we trying to generate your energy, we're also trying to match your energy that's interesting. and then amp it up even more. So I know that that's the, what you're going to see. The first part of the season, when you find, when actually are finally open and we're finally there and the opening video presentation was the same game after game mm-hmm. after game. And then all of a sudden it was different. And then all of a sudden, it was different every time. Yeah, that's cool. And that I'm was like, really cool. These guys are working overtime, and the music was done. really good. Yeah. Well, I can't take all that credit because the all those videos were made by a wonderful group called a Pret Entertainment Group. They're awesome guys. We love working with them. But the difference is when the season first started during the regular season, we didn't have that much footage to go on. Okay. We didn't have that much, you know, time to, you know, prepare and actually have, you know, good uh, production day. So once playoffs started, all of a sudden we have this library of footage that I captured. So I sent my footage to uh, PEG and they were able to create these great intro videos that 
uh, y'all saw during the playoffs. As the playoffs went on, we got even more footage, mm-hmm. and I got even better shots, and that's what they inserted into those. And videos. so that's your stuff that we're seeing, obviously, yes. just so everybody knows. Yeah. And then your stuff is also, uh, are you doing the Instagram? Like, I, I see your work. I follow you, and, and I follow the official, uh, obviously, Firebirds mm-hmm. Instagram and all that stuff, YouTube and whatnot. So that's you. Uh, some of the videos you'll see on social media. And when I say social media, I mean, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, some of the videos I do, uh, do, do end up on social media, but I'd say like 95% of that material is done by my wonderful coworker, Becky. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know her. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. We've met her. Love the wonderful. things that she does. Like yeah, she's good. she comes up with ideas. I could never think of. Okay. Like, she's young and she's got energy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she has a lot more energy yeah. than I have. Yeah. Like, um, our, our summer series that we did called tennis talks. I was going to say, you did that, yeah. didn't you? Can That's we talk you. about that a little bit? I, fi- yeah. I filmed like, um, on the side when you saw, uh, Riker Evans in mm-hmm. the pool yep. from the side, that was my angle. Okay. Everything else was Becky. Wow. She was the main, you know, camera operator. She conceived that idea. She came up with the idea to make it like a tropical vibe. That was funny. We bought a bunch of like inflatable. I mean, it was perfectly done. It was hysterical. And honestly, going into it, I wasn't sure how it was going to pan out. But I guess um, other YouTube, uh, uh, other YouTubers are doing similar kind of. I noticed a couple other teams doing teams that do something. Not yeah. nearly as good, but similar. <laughs> but I guess it's, it was a thing out there, and the way that she produced that, it turned out great. It did. I, I was, I was oh, curious. I'm sorry. I was just curious. Like, how did we figure out who was going to be? Like, how did we know it was going to be like like Tenny's talk? Like, how did or couldn't it could have been anybody else? Yeah. But did he raise right. his hand and say, it was, "I want to do this," or did they? From what I heard, it was uh, it was t- uh, Matt Tennyson's idea. Like, he just kind of. Quipped one day, hey, it would be funny to do a little, you know, interview show by right. the pool, you know, sipping, sipping, you know, uh, Mai Tai or something. Obviously, we can't film anyone, right. you know, sipping alcohol. So uh, and that kind of, you know, evolved in the creative team's idea uh, minds. And wow. we came up with the idea of, oh, let's make it, you know, tennis talks. And he kind of, you know, interviews uh, the players and they were like, Oh, wouldn't it be fun if we had someone in the, in a pool? So it just, that was good. That was good. It took me till episode like nine to figure out you filmed it all in one day. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I went back. I'm like, and you can notice like the position of the the sun. sun, I'm like, Oh man, I'm, I need to go take a nap. I don't know what's wrong with me. (laughs) You would think that, you know, we're inflating all that stuff. Yeah. We're putting Riker in the pool for one interview, and then we have to all pack it in. That's true. And then yeah, the next yeah that makes sense. No, those were all shot in a span of maybe so four hours. I think I think the goal then for our show is to get Tenny in the seat at some point. And we put, should. I want to put it on him. I'm going to ask him some of those uh, questions. Honestly, I think yeah. it, it would be. I think that would be fun to put him under the microscope for a second. and, and I think he'd be him. a great guy. I think yeah. he'd be amazing because he does a great job. He's very, you know, he's the straight guy, you know, and he's just giving you this monotone sort of questions and he's not, and you can see him smile from time to time and not try to break too much, which mm-hmm. was great. So it just, it came off really well. And then of course, Riker's in the back just kind of just flopping <laughs> around doing his Everyone thing. Everyone loved Riker in the back. He did great. They were like, he oh, did Riker great. should have his own show. Yeah. I, um, I feel sorry though for Ian McKinnon. 
Why? Because to a man, yes. nobody on the team would want him to date Seriously, their sister. So what is the deal with that? Let's like, not, oh, can we talk man. about that? Why is sold out? Is he a ladies know. man like they talk about? And like, know. what is Obvi- his deal? Obviously, it's a camaraderie it's that hilarious. I can't speak for between right. the guys that, you know, I don't see. They know but him. But I guess they don't want them. They don't want him dating their sister. Clearly. <laughs> but it, it is a resound hard no. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's no. not the guy. And no. everybody kept saying like, okay, so I think it was. Uh, uh, Wright was like the guy that everybody seemed to be comfortable with. He must be just like a genuine, like like good, a nice, uh, like a super nice, nice guy. No time for nice guys. Yeah. I guess you know, he's he kind of keeps to himself. He's really calm. You know, he's uh, he kind of you know keeps in the background. He doesn't really talk as much as you know okay. a Joey Decord or you yeah. know, Andrew Paulowski. But when you do talk to him, he's one of the nicest nice guys. Guy. That's what I kept getting. I'm like, wow, he just must be a sweetheart. Yeah. So now you get to see these guys. Obviously, you know, in, in a different context than any of us do, mm-hmm. right? Because um, I'm sure you are also capturing practice video and workout video mm-hmm. and all of the other things that we see. Mm-hmm. So you get a chance to interact with them, you get a chance to, to talk to them. Um, I th- my personal view, just from the stands, is they all seem like just plain old good guys yeah like i couldn't spot an a-hole among them um (laughs) and believe me i try i'm like that guy's gotta be a dick but no yeah right so are they just luckily fortunately coincidentally a nice group of guys yeah it it pretty much is like you know the stars aligning like there what in my opinion and it kind of agrees with yours that there was not you know a ego or anything No. no and i think it also stems from the fact that at the beginning of last season, there was no Acrisure Arena. There was no home for yeah. the Firebirds. So yep. they spent that first two months up in Seattle, locked in a hotel and doing, you know, obviously the road games, but they would also do a couple of home games in Seattle. Yeah. So during that time, they got to know each other really well. Mm-hmm. More than probably any regular team. Pretty right? much. Because yeah. they had to lean on each other. It exactly. was like this band of brothers you sort know, of thing. None of them really lived up there. They couldn't, you know, split and go to the respective homes. Yeah. They, they lived with each other yeah. for that, you know, long span of time, not really, you know, long con- con- compared to the rest of the season. But that's where I think the camaraderie, camaraderie uh, stems from is that time together. So, so f- that, that brings up a thought though. You said band of brothers yeah. and I just 20 years later actually watched that. That's show. such a good series. <laughs> and I, I started, as you were answering that, I, I would, before you said, I was thinking band of brothers because now going into season two, some of our, Brothers are gone to mm-hmm. other places. We've got a core group left, but now come the replacements. If you remember from the show, oh yeah, and they they had a they hard had to time working their into, way yeah. into the yeah. you know into the fish tank. So yeah. what? I, I guess I, I don't know that you would know this, but you're around them. Mm-hmm. How do you think that's going to go? I mean, it, I think it goes just the same way this season went. You know, you have your core group of veterans who had been around the the AHL and the NHL. So mm. they know their way around. You have uh, the secondary group, which is your, you know, Andrew Polarowski's, your, you know, Ian McKinnon's, those who have aren't really veterans, but they've been around the block. And then you get this new group of rookies mm-hmm. who, you know, don't know uh, what to do. But I think we have not just with the players, but with the, the coaching staff, and you know the support staff behind them. I think we have a good uh, group uh, in the staff that can show them the way and you know make them feel comfortable. In fact, I think we had um, uh, 
I forgot what his title was and I forgot what the gentleman's name, but uh, along in the road, we had a, a development coach who was there to um, kind of show the way for the rookies. Like this is what, this is how you book your hotel. This is where, how you get your roommate. Oh, this wow. is how you stay. This is how you act. This is what you can do we talk meals. about all those things. Cause I don't know how any of those <laughs> things happen. A lot that, that yeah. I know, but yeah. so, you know, as far as like these now, you know, fresh rookies coming in this next season, that are kind of you know going to replace, so to speak, the places that are left by the the players that you know have been signed to other teams. I think they'll fit in well, not just from the players making them feel comfortable and getting that make uh, creating that camaraderie with them, but also the coaching staff. Uh, we got a great coaching staff, as you know, and then oh, yeah. support staff that are going to they know what to do and they know how to you know get them into this organization. So you were talking about the rookies and, and then them getting integrated. Um, I know that the training camp up in Seattle is taking place. There's some stuff they're going just on. starting. Yep. Yeah. And have you been around the newbies? Have you seen them? You know, what are you most excited for? Who are you excited for going in? Like, can you talk about, you know, any of that? Have you been around the, those guys at all? The only new, the only rookies that have been around are the ones that uh, came on the road with us in Hershey that didn't, get a bunch a bunch of playing time they you know practice with the squad obviously yeah. but they didn't get a lot of playing time during the during the playoffs some of them are going to be with us some of them are going to be either down to down in Kansas City or they're okay. going to be down in in the juniors um but you haven't seen any of the new guys the not we, the new new we, ones they're that still being recently. okay not like, yet all right i was just Curry curious, and notch Knock, knock Bauer. No, I'm just oh, going to call him Nacho because, yeah. Like Jack LaFontaine, mm -hmm. we just signed. Yep. All those guys, I believe, are in Seattle right okay. now. Yep. I don't think we're going to see any of them until um, just before uh, game one. Wow. Because uh, uh, there's, a, there's a training camp in Seattle, and then they narrow it down to the 23-man roster for the Kraken. Okay. And those who didn't make that roster are going to come down to us and try and make the Firebirds roster. That makes which sense. Which is another 23-man that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I knew there was that process and I was curious around that a little bit and to see like, you know, how much, you know, and, and, you know, I assumed you're around these guys a lot. And I think during the season you are, I just, it wasn't sure off season, you know, what that looks like for you. I know you've been here off season. I don't see them at all honestly, okay, yeah. unless, you know, some of them live here in the Valley. Most of them don't. Okay. But, uh, you know, once in a while they'll, they'll come down to the arena, you know, for a photo shoot or something, but that's really it. How did they, um, you know, what's your take on how do they, how do they integrate into the desert? I know a lot of these guys are coming from the Midwest. They're coming from Canada. They're coming from some pretty cold places. Yeah. So what was that like? I mean, you, you probably heard some chatter, like you said, you know, you, you're hearing the, the talks in the locker room, on the buses, on the planes about, you know, the Valley, how did they, how did the Valley strike them and how did they, you know, respond to it? Like one four letter word <laughs> golf. Yeah, that seems yeah. to be the big one. Yep. That seems to be the big one. So many times have they talked about their golf game and, you know, sometimes we'll ask we'll ask them in front of the camera, "Oh, who who do you think, you know, who's the worst on on the golf course?" That was another question during yeah, who, Tenny's talk. Who's, yeah. we, and we're who do you think who's would, the best? I can't who's the best? Who's the worst? I, I hear so Cole in, I think was like he's top. He's kind of up in That's there. What I remember, yeah. Yeah, he seems the, he's Cameron Hughes. Uh, yeah, Hughes I heard has a really good game too. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And I'm not really into golf. I'm into mini golf, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of that here. I'm they, not sure. Like, you know, they're, they'll be in the lounge. They'll watch golf on TV. Okay. So they're, uh, they're, they're talking about their golf swing and like, Oh, I have this handicap and oh, all word. this golf jargon that, that I don't even know. But they, from what I, 
from our, what I collected, they were really excited to, you know, get their golf game on here, here there. in the Palm Springs. Well, area. we've got, so fun fact, you know, being a real estate agent, I had to figure out real quickly, like all of the nuances. We have the most golf courses per capita. We have over 128 golf courses <laughs> in the most dense area. And so you can't but throw a rock across the freeway and not hit a golf course. Exactly. I actually have, I live, well, we live in the area where there's, uh, you can play at night. I mean, there's yeah. a place, it's called, wow. it's called the lights. Mm-hmm. It's in, uh, North Indio, um, the Muni people will call it. And, uh, and yeah. when he says we live, not together. Yeah, no, just <laughs> yeah. near each we're, other. We're, yeah. yeah, our communities are yeah. really. Actually, yeah. that was hilarious when I found that out. Yeah. So uh, not only are you we, we're like only two communities over. We're literally t- like yeah. yeah, two communities over. So we would wow. car carpool to the watch parties, but then and uh, he would be our designated driver back. Well, I try <laughs> yeah. to be responsible. I appreciate you. Hey, no, good for you. you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Um, but yeah, it's it's that's me too. I think you know. Being from the Northwest, having that, you know, we didn't, our accessibility to golf and those things was very limited because of the weather, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you get down here, and now we're getting into the good season, right? This is when why people come here. The mm-hmm. weather's getting really good. Um, you walked out this morning, and like, oh, that cool breeze hits you. The sun's yeah. out every day, so it's like, let's go play golf. And so I was curious. I know that's a big thing for them. Yeah, uh, I was just you definitely. Know, and uh, I'm sure it's a nice weather too because yeah. you know, some most of these guys are from Canada, so yeah. they're used to nothing but cold, and they come down here, and it's a completely different you know weather change. Yeah. So I'm sure you know some of them enjoy it. How about you? You been out here before? Was the desert a place that you had been before? The last time I was out here, I was probably five or six years old. Wow. <laughs> so how did you like coming from out where? Here? Oh, uh, so I, yes. I mean, I grew up in Irvine, uh, lived there until I was 21. Then I moved to LA to go to film school and, and then eventually, uh, got my bachelor's degree. And then I went from there to here. So I'd never lived out in the, obviously I've lived in California my whole life. Then it's a complete desert, but I've never lived in the desert in the actual desert until, desert. until, until yeah. now. So it's been a complete culture shock for me, honestly, moving from the suburbs to the city and now the desert, you know, I have to get used to, you know, sand being on my car all the time and, (laughs) you know, and in uh, your ears and in your shoes. I learned, I learned uh, the term haboob. Oh yeah. yeah. I learned that not nearly as pleasant as you make it sound. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it, obviously it takes some getting used to, but I'm used to the hot weather, not used to the, you know, the triple digits that we get every you know, uh, every three months in the, in the year, but, uh, it's, it's nice. I, I, I love being in, you know, big wide open spaces. I don't really, I'm not a big fan of living in the city. So I, I like it. I love it out here. Three months out of the year of it being hot. I'd say that's a small sacrifice of, I agree. Well worth it. Yeah, I agree. So what do you like to do when you're out here? Uh, when I'm out here and I'm not working, I like to catch up on all the sleep that I, that I lose (laughs) during the season. (laughs) Okay. Um, do you, do you like, um, do you vent, do you like, I don't know, go hiking, you know, pick a ball or go like, what do you like? What activity are activities? Is there a place you like to go eat? Is like El Paseo a thing for you? Like, honestly, are- uh, it's all of that. It's more like exploring the area because yeah. I'm still not used to the area. I've only been here since December. So I'm still doing a lot of exploring. I do love hiking. Um, so I'm looking for, you know, good hiking spots. So I love of them. I'm sure there, I'm sure there Stay are off the bumping grind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a, that's, it's a tough one, but, uh, I love, I love food. Obviously I like, I like to find, you know, the good you know, food places. What's your place well, out here? There you go. Uh, just recently, uh, as we mentioned before we went on the air, uh, my buddy Jason took me to a, a ramen place off of uh, Gene Autry drive. Mm. Great ramen. Um, 
being from California, obviously I fell in love with Mexican food. So yeah. any good yeah. Mexican place is, is good for me. Some good spots out here. Um, being in India, there's some stuff. I mean, there's some great taco some places. Down. Uh, man. And I think my brother-in-law, you know, he was out here a couple of years before I was and we were getting ready to come out and he, he kind of prepared me for that. But he said, man, listen, here's a cool part about the Valley. And he was, he was spot on. It's, you know, you can go down the 10, you can go down Fred Waring. You're like, you can go down these main drags, right? But really it's when you take these offshoots or you find these little hole in the wall places, or, you know, that's these little nuances of the Valley, these little corners that you need to explore. Yeah. And if somebody says, dude, you need to go try this place, like you go try you that. Go try, you you yeah. got to go try that place. Like you need to go um, do yeah. this thing. You got to go try this thing because it just never ends. And I can tell you what, there's never enough restaurants here to try. I mean, or there's so many, like you can't, there's not enough time to, yeah. to explore them all. Um, you know, one of the coolest places that I think keeps striking <clears throat> me, uh, I went to the Ritz Carlton. Oh, now hold on. I'm a little bougie at times. Um, <laughs> Your son's over there going, I didn't get to go. Yeah, no, I, no I think you went. You you didn't go? <laughs> no. I think we left. We left the Thanks kitties at home. Invite dad. So yeah. Put some food on the floor for him and <laughs> took off. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, but it was cool because my, my brother-in-law, he's really smart about, you know, really finding the nuances, but he's like, let's go at happy hour because mm. they do. They got a great burger. At happy hour, you go to the bar, you walk in, the, the valet comes, they take your car, you go do the thing. And yeah, it's really, really nice. It, it feels classy. You walk in immediately. You're like, I'm going to see a Kardashian walking down the hall. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff, which is cool. But then we had a burger. Everybody was, you know, uh, it wasn't pretentious. That's one thing that I always love about the valley is if you want to get a little bougie, if you will. And, but there's no, there's no air about it. Everybody's very casual. And we were hanging out, having a burger, you know, hanging out at the bar area. And then the, the best part is we step outside mm -hmm. and they got this beautiful pool outside. They got the outdoor bar. They've got then these palm trees that are all lit up. And then you just keep exploring. And then the view from the, the, the scenic deck area. Mm -hmm. You can see the intaking. Oh my gosh! Well, and and, nice. and being being a, a you know photographer, you know uh -huh. videographer, you'll appreciate it because the way that you can just see for as long as the eye can catch, Ooh. and go around sunset, obviously. Uh -huh. But again, it's it's one of the most unique things that I saw, and I just stood there. And I'm, I know I'm it, sound, it sounds corny. Taking it in. I was, I was, I was drinking it in as Ron Burgundy <laughs> would say, uh, I'm just drinking it in, you know? And, uh, but I'm just standing there and that was kind of one of those moments again, I'd been here a couple of years already, but I was like, man, like this is, this is special. Mm -hmm. The Valley, the Valley has these places that will just make you go, holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. So I recommend, you know, get out Definitely. there. Uh, that sounds amazing. It is. It, it really is. And again, there's, it was uh, none of this, like, uh, I don't belong here sort of feeling, you know, no, everybody's <laughs> just like, you know, having a good time, enjoying themselves, really relaxed. Uh, nice. Yeah. It was a great time. I think that's cool. You and Jason should go. <laughs> <laughs> if, when he's up here. Absolutely. Um, that's awesome. All right. So I want to go back. I, I was just so, just so like fascinated by your background. So you, <laughs> Went to film school. Yes. Right. And so film, you don't just go to film school. You got to get into film school. Not necessarily. Where did you, you say so you went to Northridge? So first I moved to LA and went to the Los Angeles film school. Okay. So, you, you know, you, you don't have to like, you, you apply obviously to get into a school mm -hmm. uh, here. I just applied and I got in. That was strictly for film. And at the time they were only offering uh, associate's degrees. And I thought that's all that I needed. But that's where I learned how to tell a story through film. 
that that's where I honed my craft on how to tell a story um, uh, linearly, if that's if that's a word. Was that why you went, though? Did you want to tell yes. stories? Um, at the time, I couldn't really afford to go to college. You know, I went there. And uh, if I could share a l- little bit of tidbit, uh, probably you've probably heard of the series, but uh, my second month there, it was my editing class. My editing teacher, his name was uh, Kyle Newichek, another, another, another Kyle. Kyle. Awesome, strong name. Um, and he and I got to talking during the month, and he kind of mentioned, oh, yeah, I think this is going to be my, my last month teaching here because uh, my comedy group and I were trying to uh, pitch this this TV show, and I think Comedy Central is going to pick it up. And I was like, oh, what's the TV show? And he said, Workaholics. Oh, that's well, a great they, they show. They picked it up. And they obviously picked it up, show. and he was gone the next month. So I got to wow. hang out with one of the co-creators of Workaholics. How cool. And he taught me most of what I do in my editing today. He's a great editor, um, and I admire the guy. So went to the L.A. Film School. I graduated two years later with my associates, and then I started working off and on on various reality shows I worked on uh, my first job was a reality show called Mobbed with Howie Mandel. No one's heard of it. <laughs> it yeah. lasted like 11 cool. episodes. Uh, worked on Hell's Kitchen for a hot minute. Okay. Um, worked on a couple of, a couple of game shows. And then I got the job uh, on the Marie Osmond talk show for the, for the Hallmark Channel. That was about a six-month job. And then I was like, you know what? This isn't paying the bills. I need a regular job. So I just got to... Just got a job at Universal Studios Hollywood. Tour guide? What were you doing? Working working at the tram, <laughs> but Driving I was the, the buses. tour guide. I was the guy who would open the door, let the people in, close the door, and that you know, I just needed mm. that to pay the bills. And then I one day I decided, you know what? I need to go back to school. I need to get my bachelor's degree. How old were you when you were doing all this? This, uh, this was 2016, so I was... 28. Okay. You're right 20, at that 27, age. 27, 28. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know That's what? That's the get serious age. Yeah, you're starting yeah. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and unfortunately, the associate's degree that I had from the LA Film School, I couldn't use that no. to transfer. So I had to start all over again. No. I went to the LA, I went to Los Angeles Valley College and did the community college route. That's where I started to learn broadcast television. So that's where I learned the switchers, how to switch between cameras, now direct TV cameras. Did that for two years. Then I transferred out to Cal State Northridge. And that's where I got my bachelor's degree. So wow. you spent enough time in the valley there to know how hot it gets sometimes. Oh, so yeah. This, 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 mile, this mile change. A yeah, yeah. little bit hotter than it, than it gets do in, you, the, do, in the So area. do you, now that you've got all that experience and now you've got all of this real world life experience, mm-hmm. do you have it in you to tell a story? Is there a story you want to tell? There is. Um, are you talking about my personal story? or uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about... <laughs> Your ability to take a story and put it out for the world to see. Is there a story you want to tell? You know, as a filmmaker, you always have that desire to tell a story. Like every so often I'll daydream like, oh, it would be great to make this story into a movie or make this story into a documentary. For me, I always um, shift towards documentaries because, um, one, they're easier to make than than film. (laughs) That's true. But. Uh, two, you can use any sort of filmmaking style, be it different kinds of um, frame rates, different kinds of you know colors. It's just putting uh, random footage together, but still telling a story, mm-hmm. still telling a subject. So, um, yeah, I always have the desire to tell a story. All you need, really need is a subject and footage. <laughs> and do you 
watch stories, movies, read books, whatever, mm-hmm. what kind of eye then do you, like, can you even enjoy movies now that you've seen behind the curtain? So I can, uh, I can, I can only really enjoy them as a movie watcher the first time I watch it. But then when I watch it a second time and anytime thereafter, I'm looking for, you know, tells or I'm mm-hmm. looking for things that, Oh, Oh, that's what that meant. Oh, maybe that could have been done better. Mm. I try not to critique because I'm just, I'm sure I'm no Roger Ebert. I'm just, you know, a guy watching films, but, uh, pretty sure that's what Roger Ebert was, but yeah, yeah. basically. Uh, yeah. But that's, uh, that's my approach is I'll watch the first time I watch it, I'll watch it as a fan. But then the second time I'm watching it, I'm now watching it as a filmmaker. Like, okay. Oh, that's what that meant. And I start to understand the film a lot more. What, what movie, um, has you most captivated that you've seen the most times and find something different. Most people say the Godfather, um, you know, uh, Shawshank Redemption is another one that people, you know, Dude, say, but fight club, fight, fight. Club. I'm telling you, if you, you yeah. got to watch fight club, I've ten, seen it 10 times before you really like soak that in and go, fight I, I get it now. I actually couldn't see when it first came out cause I wasn't old enough, <laughs> but, oh but okay. no, let's go. Cool. When I was in the LA film school, that was actually some of the lesson plans. They would show us movies. Uh-huh. Like my uh, mythology professor at the LA Film School was like, okay, today class, we're going to watch The Wizard of Oz. And we watched The Wizard of Oz. And okay. that was the, pl- the plan. The next day, he was like, okay, we're going to watch The Wizard of Oz again. And he puts in Apocalypse Now because the message he was trying to get across is the story mm. and the story pattern between Wizard of Oz and Very much now yeah. are kind of similar. Well, there's only, what, yeah. seven stories, right? There's only seven um, <laughs> themes, right? Seven Based, right. stories yeah. you can tell. And right. you just... And Shakespeare told them all already, um, so it's just all a rehash. And then I got to see Fight Club for the first time because it was part of the criteria oh, man. in one of those classes. But to answer your question, I think the movie that really captivated me the most is another... Uh, movie that I saw during the LA film school is American beauty. Yes. That's a good one. Now that's a good one. A lot going on there. Exactly. So, you know, we watched it for the first time and then we went back and analyzed it. The one scene that captured me the most is, uh, towards the beginning, you see Lester Burnham sitting in his office and he's getting ready to leave. There's a shot from, I believe over his shoulder and you see his reflection in his, uh, computer, Hmm. But what's on his computer screen, you see his reflection in, uh, of his face, but you also see the, the, the computer screen. You see these lines going up and down. I think they're like numbers and letters or mm-hmm. whatnot. And the reason why, I, I think it was either the, the director, Sam Mendes, or the director of photography, I forgot who it was, that was an actual choice because it's supposed to symbolize, Oh, he, it feels like he's in a prison Mm. being in that office and being this like just drab office worker. And I was like, wow, that's really good. That is something that I'd never would have seen. And see, I look for those tells in, in movies nowadays. Like why is this scene set up the way it is? Why does it look, look, there are, there are no, I, I, cause in college I studied film as well. Mm -hmm. And I learned there are no accidents. Everything no, right. you see, everything is, a is for a reason. Yep. Um, Billy Wilder, Alfred Hitchcock were masters mm-hmm. at every single little thing. So, like when I watch movies, for I like yeah, I enjoy it the first time, and then mm-hmm. second, it's Easter third, egg hunting time, after like, that, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and you just exactly yeah. Easter egg hunting. Like, well, and that's next? why I enjoy those type of movies. I'm like you guys. I didn't study, but I mean, I'm 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 a movie buff guy. Where mm-hmm. I, I love all genres, but I'm looking. 
Right. Uh, you know, I, I love art history. I love literature. I love Shakespeare. I love all that stuff. I, I got it. I understood yeah. it when I went to college. Like, I got it. Like, I, it just made sense to me. So when I watch movies, I'm watching it through that lens, and then I'm looking for that sub-meaning mm-hmm. and the look. And then so when you go back and watch a movie again, you're kind of like, okay, now it's starting to make – like, it's really so making spoiler sense. spoiler alert for anybody listening, Fight Club, obviously um, – uh, what's his nuts his character um, the Edward, Brad Pitt or Edward Brad Pitt yeah, okay. is obviously a figment of his imagination yeah mm-hmm. but it was just within the last three weeks that I also discovered Helena Bonham Carter's character was also also a figment of his imagination that, yep. and so you watch it again and you look at all of the all of the insanity. Yeah, this guy's going through some stuff. <laughs> like, especially there's one scene, and you'll remember it when Edward Norton is in the is in the hallway or the kitchen or something, and uh, Brad Pitt is going to town on Helena Bonham Carter. He's got gloves on and whatnot. <laughs> what was going on? Because none of them were there. I'm so sure but, we don't want to. Yeah, yeah, no. no. But, so, but that's the kind of that's why I love yeah. to talk to people that really actually studied film. Yeah. That can like who? Well, if you pay attention to that stuff, and I think that's part of okay. So let's. I'm going to circle back to hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, when as a sports guy, I didn't know anything about hockey going to this, and I'm not making it about me, but it's that I'm 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 approaching these type of things with that lens, mm-hmm. that eye. Nice. Um, when I'm watching you, when I'm watching and listening to Jason, and when I'm the production, like I'm not just. And I hate that I do that. My wife, I drive her crazy <laughs> because she's like, "How do you see this?" How do you see that? Like, kids, I'm just always like, my brain can't turn off, my eye can't turn off. Mm-hmm. I know that feeling. Okay, good. So I'm in, I'm in the like-minded yeah, group. Yeah, this is great. I'm in, I'm in with my people. So when I'm going into the arena, you know, and that's the cool part. So when we're in there and I'm watching the boys play, and I'm and I'm watching the production. You know, I'm 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 not just seeing a game. I'm looking at the game within the games. Wow. And I'm watching even the fans. You know, I'm paying attention to to what's going on there. I can you can feel the vibe in the room, mm-hmm. in the whole arena, like all of that. And I think um, it would, you know, as a whole, this whole season was it was the best drama. Mm-hmm. It was the best drama. It was the best movie I'd ever been. Number one, uh, to to be front row. You know, for us to be front row and and participate, incredible to participate in it was uh, something I'll never forget. And to be part of it, you know, uh, it was such as we were, as we were, yeah. And and then to just have that unfold in front of us, this amazing play, this amazing movie that happened in front of us, and to live it. I think when it was over, that was the most shocking, the most like I had. I went inward for almost two days. Yeah, there was a bit of postictal like. It was, and I almost want to watch it again because I want to digest it over, but it was so impactful and there were so many layers Mm -hmm. as to what happened during the season between the production, the fans, the, the players, how we got there, how every, like, oh man, we got to play the series out to the last game each round, you know, and, and, but it was the, the drama was there. The excitement was there. And yes, it didn't end it the way we wanted to, but you don't see that often. You don't. In sports. So I think, you know, coming from that cinematic sort of, lens and we watched it and to sit there we got spoiled we were freaking spoiled season two can live up to that i mean obviously uh season two living up uh, living up to season one uh it's least likely to live up to 
that exact. There's no way. I don't see how. You know what I mean? It's like, how do you do that again? We didn't see how we didn't see this coming either. This was brand new, but this is brand new. So (laughs) there's an expectation now. You know what I mean? Like now, if we do it, we're going to kind of go. Yeah, we've been here before. Or yeah, we've done this before. Right. There was no, there was nothing there before. There was the, literally there was nothing, not even an arena. It was so now sand. there is definitely an expectation, and you've been in production meetings, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. What is the what is the consensus about you know 2.0 for the production? Because now there's an expectation, and right. now you gotta like everybody else, you gotta raise it up a little bit. Right. What does this season look like? This season, you know, we're looking for it to be better production-wise. Like I said, you're going to see a lot more um, video elements, a lot more moving parts, a lot more dynamic things than we had in season one. Can, can you give us a hint, like, what that means? Uh, I can't really tell yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'll just have to wait and see. We'll, we'll be hey, there to see. Get but, tickets. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's a good plug. But, again, like our, uh, like I said, our aim is to be at an NHL a caliber team, you know, and uh, try and, you know, of course, be over the top of these other AHL teams, not to say that they have their own, you know, good production, you know, mm-hmm. and, they ha- and they're all fantastic. No, but- they're not. I watched a couple of wild <laughs> games. Like we watched a couple of is the Iowa wild when the Firebirds are playing and their production's terrible. Eh, well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're um, spoiled. I told spoiled. you, we're spoiled. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> but, you know, we created that for ourselves, but you know that's what we want. We want to give you the best show. Obviously, you're going to get you know you're going to get two separate shows. You're going to get a show from the players. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we can't control the outcome, right. but the things that we can control is what you see in here when you come inside and what you see in here when you leave. And the level that we're shooting for is so high that we want to create those moments that that's going to make y'all want to come back for more. Yeah, well, did you, did you anything get cut? Yeah. Did you, did you look back and laugh and go, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> uh, a few things did get, get cut. I can't say specifically. There's also a few things that we uh, have tweaked and that, you know, are going to come back and be a little better. That's awesome. Well, okay. we had talked about also the cool elements that just organically happen, like when we, we would sing um, Country Roads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that was an accident. Right. You know, but well, you know, it that, worked. But it worked. You know, it's a thing. It's a thing. And it's a big thing. We've got people, you know, in our section, especially his name's Rob Kelly. I mean, that guy and that song. I mean, if you're not up singing with him, uh, our section does it. Everybody does. But, yeah. it, it, but it, I think it, what it did was it was really cool. I think he kind of felt like family. Yeah. You know, that was a takeaway that I, you know, from the season, you know, part of the digest process was like, I, there was a family. Dave and I became friends. We didn't know each yeah, other before this. And I love I, that story. I, I walked yeah, up and there he was. He was sitting right, you know, in the front aisle. He big smile on his face. He had his jersey on. And I just introduced myself. I, you know, I just, I was like, you know what? I better introduce myself. I'm going to be here all season. So you guys just get ready. And <laughs> it's so, like meeting you know, when you move into a new neighborhood, yeah, you got to exactly. meet your neighbors. So yeah. I did. I, I, and he was so, uh, uh, just energy and like, yeah, man, how are you doing? And you know, uh, the guy sitting next to me, Mike, same thing. And, and everybody around us, Rob and his wife. And just, we all just started to create this, this friendship. That was the goal. That was the goal. You did the it. Yeah. You did was it. to bring the value. You did it. it and it you did, did it. In, in, in spectacular fashion. Yeah, man. I was in uh, form. We, I remember early in the season, I was at Winco in, uh, in North Indio <laughs> and I'm walking in the store I and I see that. this guy. I'm like, oh, that, that guy looks familiar, but yep. I can't really place him. I kept walking. <laughs> 
And I, I'm like, and I was like staring at him. So I must have been like a weirdo. It was weirdo. creepy. I'm not gonna lie. It was and a little creepy. And I'm like, and I'm like, whatever. And I nod to keep walking, so as not to look too creepy. Because and he called my name. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm oh my. Because when you see someone out of context, yeah, you don't know you who know. the hell they well, are. And we sat in that. We were in lot regular for clothes. Half an hour. Yeah, so we yeah. were in regular clothes. Wow. I wasn't. I was not suited up, obviously, because uh-huh. I only wear it for the games. Um, and he didn't have his jersey on. He you had. Sure it, you don't wear that, that suit just. Yeah, to that's. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I should actually. Actually, I've done it one time after a really? game. I went into Winco. I told my wife. Mm. I said, I'm going to go in there. Because I was hungry. I needed a sandwich, that's, man. Yeah, air quotes. Yeah, that's why I was hungry. Uh, no, I, I was like, yeah. screw it. I'm going to go do it. And then I just kind of, you know. But anyway, we, yeah, it was hilarious because we weren't in the arena. Uh, we weren't in our game gear. And we didn't really know each we other really know yet. We didn't know each other. And we were just dressed and in we our... we were there for like half an hour talking. And we just sat out there, yeah. About hockey. Incredible. But then we started talking about other stuff. Yeah, it was And cool. then realized, oh, we, we might be onto something here. Yeah, <laughs> it was neat. And then I, and I think I think that is one of probably 10,000 similar stories from all around all the other sections around the arena. And, and I love hearing stories and like it's, that. I love the fact, and I'm not going to get all whatever, but it, it, when you go, when you walk into Akrasher, it doesn't matter what color you are, how much money you make, who you love, who you voted for. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. We, we, we all have one central focus and it, it, it brings our little microcosm of society together. And I can't help to think that, if we could just get our shit together and figure <laughs> out how as a as a let's start as a city, which we, we've done, yeah. and maybe a state and maybe a country, figure out how to do it, we might, you know, turn things around not a little bit. Fall off the I'm, cliff I'm anytime soon. One hundred percent. I think that's been the most fun aspect is when well, you know, I've got my son, I got my nephew here, and and I love bringing them into the arena and I love sharing those moments because for three hours you know, you guys have created something. It's hard not to get emotional a little bit because <laughs> no, it's true. But I mean, you go into that place, it's a special place and there's a memory that gets created. Um, they've done a great job across the board, you know, with just the aesthetics, but you walk in and man, and, and the games are always entertaining. The, the production's always good, but those shared moments, sports does that for people. And I, and, and I, and I, I hate when people downgrade sports cause they think it's just like, you have to be in a Neanderthal to play it and you have to be kind of brain dead. And, <laughs> and, and it's like, no, there's appreciation and there's more to it. There's, there's something about showing up, having that shared experience. We're rooting for the one thing to happen. And then we walk away. I mean, you're hugging strangers yeah. mm-hmm. outside the arena. I had these guys come up to me and I'm hugging and high fiving people. I don't even know. And I love every minute of that. And it's that shared passion. It really is, thing. man. It's so one much, valley, so much fun. Team. And I don't think so any well other professional sport. I've been to ducks games. I've been to Kings games. I've been to NFL games. I've even went to a baseball game by accident one time. <laughs> Um, and I've never seen, uh, I lived in Baltimore and there were, the Orioles were playing and my buddy was in town. He wanted to go. So we went I'm like, I'm not, you know, whatever. I got nothing going on for five um, hours. I've, I've never, right. I've never, I've never seen like three. We got the new rule. Feels like five hours. We got the new rule. Um, but I've never seen this kind of. You know, and and early early on when the Ducks, you know, in the early '90s when the when the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim were brand new, I thought there might be some, but it it kind of didn't pan out mm. that way for whatever reason. I don't know. So I am so personally so deeply grateful that we have this thing, and this thing is what this thing is. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I think we all got lucky. Are you going to be working on the on October first when the Ducks are in town? 
Uh, Are you going to be able to enjoy the game? I will be there for the Coyotes Ducks games, just capturing content of the Ducks and the mm. and the Coyotes. But I think I'm going to enjoy that in a different perspective. One from a videographer's perspective, but two as a Ducks fan. Are you going like, to have your Ducks gear on? One, I probably I probably not going to wear that because I'll be working. But uh, I'm definitely going to be in a Ducks mind because yeah. here I am. I'm going to be ice level with my favorite childhood you That's know awesome right? hockey yeah. team. You know, one of my dreams is to work for the Ducks in any kind of capacity. So it's like, here How I am cool. at a professional uh, arena. I'm going to be filming the Ducks. So, yeah, I'll be there. Is Timu going to be there? Is he going to show up? No, probably not. He might. You know, no, he still he's... he still lives in California. He runs a oh, he runs cool a steak tavern be? now. Um, how cool would that? And be? Uh, you may see maybe Tamu. You may see you know other Paul. Is Paul going to be there? Paul Korea. I don't. I'm not sure about Paul Korea. Yeah, he's yeah. But that'd be great. Um, but it's funny you mentioned how you know the Mighty Ducks back in uh, back in the early '90s. How you know they were a new team and you know they didn't do really well. That kind of brings up the fact that historically, brand new teams don't really do well in their, yeah. in their first years. Yeah. That kind of you know is different nowadays. You look at the Vegas Golden Knights; they went to the finals yep. their first year. Yep. They didn't win Stupid then. Stupid game seven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, and then the Kraken they didn't do well their first year, but their second year. Oh they man, did, they yeah. did much better. Much but better. up until that point, historically first year teams aren't really, there's not really that many expectations for them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you got the firebirds coming in and they had an historically, you know, great season. Who knows if uh, any subsequent seasons are going to be that great, if not greater, but I think we set the bar too high. I think it almost doesn't matter. Yeah. I think right? well, each season has its own special story to tell. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a cool part that gets to unfold this coming. You know, we, we get the, the October first, and then we got the sixth and the eighth, and then it really starts on October thirteenth. So, and see, that's the thing. Every there's no game that's different. There's no story that's that's different. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think that's and that's sports in general, but hockey. I think that's what I learned because I wasn't a hockey guy until really, I, you know, obviously this season. And that's great. That I learned a lot. You on to it really did. I became a fan. Like my wife. Uh, yeah, she hates it because I'm going to talk about her a lot on this show because <laughs> I love embarrassing her. But the thing with her and I, we caught well, a couple Seahawks games together. and She's a very opposite. So she's my counterpart, like mm -hmm. most couples, right? You have that counterbalance to you. Mm -hmm. And she's a little more introverted and she's a little more laid back, except when you get her into Acrisure Arena. And we had two games in and, and where we were sitting and I made sure that we got close enough because I wanted the feel of the, of the sport. I mm -hmm. wanted that experience. And when they banged into the glass for the first time and that sucker's coming at you, the guys are coming at you. It's just, <laughs> whoa. And then the puck sliding around the glass. You're like, oh my God. Did you see that? I mean, that's what we're feeling the whole time. Yeah. So it was a lot to take in. We're processing and she's just loving it. So I take my daughter to the third game. Mm-hmm. And there's a, the fight breaks out. Do you remember? It was like the third game, the two, I can't remember who got into it, but they go to center ice. They drop oh, gloves. That was Martin Luther King Jr. night. And it was Imama that he was fighting. Thank That's you very right. much. Yep. And they drop gloves, center ice. My oldest daughter and I were like, oh my God, it's on. And it's, I thought they were going to dance for a second. Dude, it, it, it they, staged. they started. They danced in a different yeah, They, they started <laughs> throwing blows and getting after it. And I was like, holy cow, I come home and I tell her, I said, babe, I said, you missed it. 
So they had a fight, and she goes, I missed it? Are you kidding? Wasn't the last one. Whoa. And yes, the next time there was a fight, she was like pushing me out of the way. She's calling for blood about, you know, into the next. So it became, and I've heard this, a subculture that a lot of women really do enjoy hockey. There's something about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was great. So now she is really passionate around it. And honestly, I don't get it. Throughout my life, I've talked to, you know, Ducks fans and other hockey fans, and a lot of them will say, I just go to hockey games just to see the fights. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's more yeah, of a... myself, I don't yeah. get it, but no. if that's why you go... I, I wasn't, I'm not into it, but she was, you know, what cracked me up was it showed me how like, this is different. This sport is different. It yeah. changed her. I saw a different side of my wife. Um, <laughs> and you knew you better not mess around. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, she really yeah. was all about it. And then I became really in depth and that's why I loved having Dave, you know, he's, he's about four or five seats down and I got, uh, Mike, my, my neighbor, neighbor, and he knows more about it. So whenever I had questions like, okay, so now. Yeah. Like what the hell is attempting to spear? Yeah, we yeah. talked to Jason about that yeah. one. Like what the <laughs> hell is that? Talking about that, that was so night. crazy. <laughs> but it was these little moments where like, oh, this is what they're trying to accomplish on offense. This is what they're trying to accomplish on defense. And I had to learn like a lot of people in the stadium did. And There's a lot. It, there yeah. was there was a lot going on. And I'm, I'm, I played basketball. I played football. I did some things. You know, sports guy. But so right. I, I kind of I get the concepts. I mm-hmm. get what they're when I'm watching it. I get what they're trying to accomplish. But the nuances. So I'd be like, hey man, the, what was that? Or what you know was that a penalty? Yeah. Or what did you see? Like, is that, you know, it, and that was the cool part is y- there was people behind us that knew a lot. I could mm-hmm. turn around and ask questions. So it really brought everybody together where a, a green horn is great. Do you remember the end of that fight? So ultimately it went to the ice and they, the refs broke it up. And it, I, I don't remember who on our team was, um, was in the fight, but it was Imama. Probably um, Ian McKinnon, because he, he's our enforcer. Yeah, there maybe. Probably. But they, yeah, right. when they got separated, and they, they each were heading over to the to the, to the the penalty box. They smiled at each other. They were They're, smiling. It was like, yeah, okay. We did like, yeah. okay, buddy. It's, you know, it's, yeah. I'm not going no anywhere. Animus. This, it no animus. It was just hockey. business. I love it. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I thought, I, I'm like, See, oh. that's the one of the crazy yeah. things about hockey is like most of the fights aren't, you know, because it's animosity. It's, mm. you know. It's frustrating. It is because I played and it is the gosh darnest frustratingest freaking <laughs> that little thing is always so close and yet so far away. So why are away. they down then? Just to uh, ruffle up the players and like get really them, get them fired up. Espe- you oh. usually see fights. The most times I've seen fights in a hockey game is when a team is like it's garbage time. They're losing yeah. six. I've nothing. seen that. San Diego does that. Yeah, I noticed yeah. they come in because. And I, again, this is just my eye test, but I watched them come in and we are the better team and we were the better team and are the better team. Mm-hmm. We you skate faster, harder, a little more physical. And I just saw those guys getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. So basketball players will do the same thing and you'll, you'll see more elbows starting to take place. There'll yeah. be a lot of those little things that start happening. And then all of a sudden, you know, you don't get to fight in basketball, but, mm-hmm. um, so that's what I watch for. And, and, and as I was watching it, I could tell my wife or me, whoever, I'm like, oh, it's going to happen. Because you start seeing it, they get frustrated. They're starting to get annoyed because they're losing and they're just right. getting whooped. And you start seeing, like, oh, he's getting agitated. It's coming. But the thing is, you got to be careful because, especially with it's, it has to be like a mutually agreed fight. Because if you yeah. take a swing, oh, you just can't go and, after somebody. And the other no. guy, you know, doesn't swing back, then the guy who swings uh, is going to get a penalty. Yeah, okay. And usually, sometimes it's, you know, a double minor or, or a major. That's awesome. Yeah. Or maybe it's a game misconduct. Well, let me, let me just say so. Out. Um, when I when I played years ago, it was our paramedics fire department team, and we played in a league. And one of the other teams 
was the LAPD team. Oh, wow. And one particular game, I don't remember why, but it was a literal bench-clearing brawl. Whoa. And I remember vividly in my head, I was just bam, bam, <laughs> bam. And I, and I remember thinking, I, I'm like, this is a felony. I'm committing a felony right now. Um, but on the ice, you know, it's, it's all, anything know, goes, it's not prostitution. If you film it. Right. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, counselor, yeah. you tell me you're so the lawyer. So that is was that the rule. Yeah. Pornography. That's the out. Paid to do it. That's the loophole. Yeah. We're going to talk off air more we'll about, about, well, we are like, not going to talk well, about that at all. There's some Lesson things I don't learn here on the <laughs> Fibers fan podcast about <laughs> prostitution. Well, I want to put a bow on this. Yeah. You know, we, we, we've covered a lot. Um, and again, I really appreciate you coming down and doing Thanks this and, and yeah. getting to know you a little deeper. That was, that's been the purpose of the show. It's kind of, yeah. It's the, we, we want to get inside the inside. Yeah. I think so. Because <laughs> Anybody can talk sports, but this yeah. is people. No, stuff. I like this. want to get inside the inside. You're going to have to like have yeah. an incision on my stomach. Yeah. No, we're not doing that. I'm not sure we're going to go that far. We're not those guys. Um, so as we start to, to get into in about three weeks, mm-hmm. you know, here we go. What are your anticipations? What are you feeling? What are you most excited about? Like, what's your take going into this thing? I'm excited to see our fans come back because now we are definitively here. We've made our mark. The, the team has made their mark, even though some of them aren't specifically going to be here. They, uh, they've made their mark as, you know, the Firebirds. It's like, the team, though, not the people. It's, it's the team. What it's exactly. Yeah. We've made our mark. We've shown the Valley hockey we've shown the val we've shown the valley the value of sports and live sports and specifically hockey my favorite all-time sport and how exciting it can be so i'm most excited to see our fans come back and seeing new fans in the arena as well and it's the most incredible thing for me to see and realize that this area has not had a regular professional sports team before and just to see the the reaction that we got, like you wouldn't think hockey would work in the desert. Right. And you know, any Joe blow can think, Oh, a hockey team in the desert, you know, maybe they'll get a lot of fans the first game, but maybe they'll start to drop off when they see, Oh, it's sports, it's hockey. It's in the desert. It's not going to work. Did that go the other way? My gosh, it was completely the opposite. It was the opposite. And, you know, especially during the playoffs when the Snowbirds went went back up to Canada, yeah. we were still selling out. Yeah. And we realized that's all locals. Yeah. So we made that impact. And I'm so incredibly proud of our team. Well, you did a Not great just, job, man. Well, thank you. You know you did. Not just our Firebirds, but, you know, the incredible job that our staff did that we made our mark. Not yeah. just for sports, but we touched the community as well. And that was... um OVG CEO Tim Laiwiki's goal was to make an impact in the Valley. And again, not just sports, but mm. with the community and, you know, bringing everyone together. And we definitely achieved it, it's that It's worth giving a shout out because everybody says nobody thought hockey would work in the Valley. You know who Oakview Group did? And they yeah. saw it and they saw the future and they, they knew saw it. Well. So they saw kudos, it kudos to them for yeah. being way ahead of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, so. I appreciate you. I appreciate, you know, everybody. I appreciate that, you, you fans as well. Oh, that's great, man. Uh, we all, we all the camera do. Said, I cool. know. Yeah, I like that. That, yeah. that was really good. Um, you know, you guys did. You, you, you've done a great job. Um, and, and again, I came at it with just a different lens of trying to see all these layers. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at what's on the ice, but I'm looking 
outside of that. And I tell you we what, appreciate that. every single time has been a great time. For sure. I, I never walked out of that arena like, eh, it was all right. No, it was a blast. That's our goal is yeah. to yep. put on a show. Well, you let you let that front office know that they've done a great job. That's <laughs> why we're that's why will. we're doing this podcast. That's what spurred us on was to I mean, otherwise, like, why would we do this? It's just something that we're passionate about. We believe in it. And I, I again appreciate you giving us some some tidbits Absolutely. and some insights. Yeah, appreciate and some you. Other things, believe so. me, anytime that we hear that people are walking out of the arena saying, Oh my God, that was great. We've done our job. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, man. Seriously. Thank, thank you. So for, thank you for being on. Good to see you. Kyle. Thanks. Dave. Yeah. yeah. Very good. And, and will you come back? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, well more you. stories. I want you to go home, make Jason show you some swing dance moves yeah. and then come back and talk about it. <laughs> awesome. I don't know how much Jason can swing dance me. He might drop me yeah. the first oh, time. So but, we'll uh, see. All right. Well, till next <laughs> time. All right. Very good. We'll see you. All right. Go firebirds. Go birds. Go birds. Well, that was fun. If you're enjoying the Firebirds Fan Zone podcast on YouTube, be sure to drop a comment down below and hit that like button. Also, remember to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss out when a new episode drops. The Firebirds Fan Zone podcast is available on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, and a whole bunch of other podcast platforms. So, however you get your weekly dose of the Firebirds Fan Zone podcast, we invite you to share it across all your socials, and you can follow us on Instagram at Firebirds Fan Zone Podcast, and on Facebook, just search, guess what, Firebirds Fan Zone Podcast. The Firebirds Fan Zone Podcast is brought to you by Kyle Garman Realtor. Whether you're buying or selling, whether it's for your forever home or that quiet desert vacation getaway, Kyle Garman and the team at Keller Williams have the experience and skill to make that process simple and convenient. Check them out today at kylegarman.kw.com. Our podcast is also brought to you by DesertDefenseLawyers.com, DUI and criminal defense throughout the Coachella Valley. The criminal justice system is scary and confusing, but relief is just a click away at DesertDefenseLawyers.com. We've been keeping folks out of the penalty box since 2008.